Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, And today we have the lovely Laura Foster, who has got the most amazing accent because she's from up north and it just reminds me of my <laughs> already buzzing. And I know that you ladies love a good accent, so hitting with you with another accent. But welcome, Laura, to the podcast. We're going to be talking more about like her sort of job which is actually a very, very interesting one. And I think it's, while it's not all around competitors as such, there's a lot of intertwines, I guess, and a lot of like links. Um, and I know that some of you listen to this and not just competitors. So yeah, I'm very interested to see what sort of work Laura does, how it could potentially help you guys, give you guys a little bit more awareness. Um, and yeah, we'll basically just type to kick it off from there. I told you I do more mistakes than I guess. Um, so yeah, welcome. <laughs> Laura to the podcast um, also congratulations on the UK DFBA finals you looked insane um, thank you I don't know if you want to give a brief like overview of potentially your competing history um how you got into it and um yeah I guess give like an overview of the sort of work that you do as well and then we'll kind of just kick it off from there yeah cool so thanks for having us on um I've been looking forward to this um so yeah i started competing in 2015 so kind of started following like instagram fitness stuff when that was first coming out and thought oh my god some of these girls are amazing like i'd love to look like that and like i was in the military at the time so i'd always been into fitness but it was more like cardio based stuff like running um and then I got an injury and that's how I ended finding the weight room. Um, and then kind of it was when online coaching was first coming off. Um, so I signed up with a well-known female coach at the time um, who had a lot of girls and quite a big community. And kind of first show was Miami Pro in 2015, which was absolute carnage because there were so many competitors I think I went on stage at like 10 o'clock no um, that's mental yeah it was it was amazing though I had such a good time and there were so many girls I think I was top I think I was in the top I was definitely top 10 I don't think I got a top place at my first show um and then literally got the bug stepped on stage like a week later with the UK BFF um and I actually won that show Amazing. Um, I know and then it was just it went from there um and I competed for about three years in a row and then I took a big off season and came back this year actually and competed with the PCA um and the UK DFPA this year and just had British finals which a was mix. a massive mix yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's my competing history. So I've competed for about four years with one off season, um, which is a bit a bit silly, really, because we all know that we need to grow. Um, but yeah, so next plan is off season and take it from there. Cool. Because you've just ended it with UK DFBA. Would you go? Yeah. UK DFBA like have you thought that far ahead like I know some competitors they just go no I'm just taking time off and then I'm going to decide where some people in the back of their head they have kind of got like that 
that goal or like why yeah i'm heading towards and stuff so i mean i would definitely go back to the uk dfb i mean the standard this year is, is absolutely sick in all the federations like when i first started competing it, it the standard over the last four years has just improved immensely um and obviously uk dfba is a natural federation so as a natural competitor i would probably definitely go back into that um but i definitely want to improve and if if i was able to gain a lot more muscle i would love to be able to step up a category um so that's kind of my aim so far but i love pca as well it's such a good federation to be part of so i haven't got a preference of which federation to stick with but would probably definitely go back to uk dfba as well yeah so when you say move up a category do you mean trained bikini do you mean figure do you mean wellness like which category like which route does that make sense yeah i mean with the the pca the the level of muscularity is is immense on some of those girls like and I, I, that would be like a massive goal, but whether I could get there or not, I don't know, but it's nice to, nice to shoot high, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, why not? Why not? Yeah. But UK DFBA, they only do, it's up to figure, isn't it? Figure, yeah. 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 yeah, the standards of that, I've never been to a UK DFBA show, um, and it was hilarious, Joe comes to the UK DFBA show, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I really, the standard of the bikini, hands down, was was the best out of all the categories that I saw. Obviously, I wasn't there the day after. Um, but yeah, that standard was like ridiculous. It was, I know. So it was standard. amazing. So talk to us a little bit about, when you messaged me, you mentioned about your job and you wanted to talk about it and how you felt that could help competitors. Like what, what is it about your job that you think is, I guess, interesting and I guess like something that competitors potentially need to be a bit, I don't know, I guess be aware of or basically kind of yeah, have that awareness about. Yeah. So, um, after I listened to your podcast with, um, the mental health, which you nurse a couple of months ago, yeah. talking about eating disorders. Yeah. Um, I was listening to that episode and I thought, actually, yeah, there is such a crossover in um, kind of some of the work that I do with mental health problems and kind of the mindset that competitors have. Um, so I'm a mental health nurse in the military and treat a variety of mental health problems. And one of the things that is kind of quite prevalent in competitors people who who like push themselves and want to strive is like traits of perfectionism um some kind of anxiety disorders are, are kind of driven by a sense of being um like valued or validated and often that mindset can like really serve us well and especially as competitive as it can like drive us to 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 want to strive to to want to achieve and and kind of you have to be perfect as a competitor you have to hit everything that you do you have to tick those boxes cardio training nutrition sleep you know and it can sometimes be like really good to get you to where you want to be on stage and it's just that mindset sometimes it's quite interesting to see I, I, yeah i was just about to ask you when you're halfway through that it's like 
you see everywhere, I guess, people try and get motivated to, to I guess, be that perfection, inverted commas, but like, where do you draw the line where that mindset and kind of goes the other way, if that makes sense? Um, yeah. Because there's, I think, that, I guess there's being, wanting to be a perfectionist and then there's, I don't know, I guess if, if it's more like internally when people bring themselves down because of it, like, I think it's, it's something that I think, whether you're an athlete, competitor, or I guess like a gen pop invert, I keep always doing further comments, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> where, like, where do you, where do you, I guess, in your professional realm, where do you draw the line where it's like, okay, this is actually negatively impacting that person now instead of it actually helping them um, be a yeah. better person themselves? So it's when, um, so perfectionism, there's a, a model of perfectionism which is based on um, striving, striving, striving. And when that is achieved, it's just kind of moving on without actually thinking, do you know what? I did a pretty good job there. And actually that was pretty good. And that's given me some self-value, some self-worth. And where it does become problematic is where your whole self-worth is based on that sense of validation and not really being able to have that compassion for yourself and say you know well well done for that or that was a really good thing that you did it might not have had the outcome that you wanted but actually seeing the positive in that yeah I remember when you said yeah the stage obviously holly did um got third place and did awesome yeah I remember when you came off stage you act I remember you just being like Do you know what I'm at the finals I'm so happy to be at the finals so like yeah. I can tell that what you're saying is actually what you preach as well because I remember seeing it's interesting when you see people's reactions when they come off stage um I think that shows a lot about them as a person like I'll be honest mm -hmm. I've seen some people completely storm off stage um pat the bars absolutely like pissed off and they just leave <laughs> yeah you kind of just go oh my god oh my god I, sometimes you want to go over to them you're like when you see people like that, I'm like, nah, I ain't going near them. I'm like, I just don't want to say anything to make it feel. Yeah. I remember you come on stage, firstly congratulating everyone, congratulating Holly, and yeah, I remember you saying yourself, like, I'm just so happy. Like, it was my day, but I'm so happy to get to the finals, and I had the best day. And I remember just looking at you being like, yeah, she's got, she's got something about her, like, from a mindset point of view. I think it's so important. Um, but sorry, carry on. I just remember, remember that moment. Yeah, it def definitely, no. And, you know, I think that took time for me to be able to do, like, through my, like, job and study and things like that. But you're absolutely right. Like, you know, you win some and you lose some, but you have to still see the good in things. And it's when you can't and you, you rely on everything. Like you say, those people that come off stage and, you know, are kind of really gutted and fair enough everyone can be gutted but being able to just take a step back and say do you know what like really good job and having that compassion because without that you know those people might then end up in a real down kind of mood mm. and it's just about being able to bring that back by looking at the pros and the cons of what you have done and accepting that but it's definitely that might you see that so much in in competitors yeah you do um i've i think tanning a lot more this year um and being a bit get a bit more backstage but not being in it if that makes sense mm -hmm. i have seen a very different side 
Um, and it's not everyone, it's only like a couple, but you do, they do stick out when you do see it. Um, yeah. So when you are actually backstage, talk about that, when you are backstage, considering the background that you have um, with mental health um, and, you know, being a nurse, do you see yeah. certain things where you go, oh, like I'm quite, I, I, <laughs> shows it, I can yeah. be quite like quiet and I'm quite like in tune with what people are actually saying. Um, like when I've tanned yeah. people, for example, it's really interesting. When you, obviously when you're naked, it's like, they're all there, in <laughs> and out, do you know what I mean? Um, but you see different sides of people. Um, and, you know, I've noticed some people that are just, you can tell they are so food focused, for example. Um, mm. You see people that are very chilled. You see people that kind of aren't taken seriously. Like, what do, do you see certain things backstage and you kind of have to take a moment and you go, oh, I think that's X or I think that's Y. Does that make sense? It's not a case you're kind of being like yeah. investigated, but you can't help but, be responsive I guess and unaware of your kind of surroundings and what's going around you especially when it is your show day so I don't know is that kind of ringing any bells in your head oh god yeah absolutely and sometimes it's hard to to not like analyze that kind of stuff um because I'm like we're all in tune with it and you do see it like you see the girls who are like really food focused or who are like oh what do you think what what do you think this is going to be what you think that's going to be and you can see that they are really anxious and not really enjoying the moment mm -hmm. so then like my my nurse head kicks in and I'm like oh come on let's try and you know and then sometimes that's led to me kind of helping everyone backstage in a way and kind of trying to like you know not give people therapy but just look at the different picture yeah I guess it's sometimes um, like when especially when I'm telling someone if I can tell um, and a lot of the talents actually do this. We all have like chats about it, not about like anyone in particular, but we like that's why I love Get Bronze. Is like they do generally care, and they will bikini by people. They will try and sew up bikinis, like they will do yeah. everything they can to help people, like and the guys as well. Um, and that's one thing that we've all kind of like spoken about is like if we can see it, someone's potentially a little food focused or anxious, like we will ask certain questions to them. So if I can tell that someone's very food focused, I will ask them about. Like, so what do you do for work or um you know so what's your bikini looking like? like i will try and completely divert them yeah. yes it's probably for only 10 minutes that they're in that tent with me but it's potentially helping them kind of redirect their focus um, yeah imagine that's something that potentially you might do as well it's like you're just trying to distract them in yeah you're trying <laughs> to get them you don't it, sorry it sounds it sounds like a weird thing isn't it but um yeah you can be you, so common though isn't it like yeah. you see it i see it everybody sees it and there's been times, <laughs> there was a PCA show, I think it was 2017, and I was stood next to a girl who was lovely, but she was so anxious and worried on stage, like in the lineup, you know, you're having to pause and breathe in and smile, remember all these things. And she was kind of really stressing out on stage, like in, like, I think she was saying, what do I do next? What do I do next? And I really wanted to help her, but, you know, you're getting judged. You can't just turn around and start and give yeah. a conversation. And it was kind of after that I, I spoke to her and she didn't really remember saying all of that on stage. Um, I know, yeah, and she was just in that moment just not enjoying it because she was so concerned about what's next, what's next. And I think that can bring about anxiety. 
what's next, what's next, that's meaning something bad's going to happen, you know, just living in the moment and just bringing yourself back to that mindfulness state really is something that can be really useful. So you mentioned before we came on here that you, um, that you work, even though you work in the military, yeah, I said that word right. So I don't have to check myself like Eric now ministry. Like, you worked with like Olympic athletes. Like you worked with a massive like array of people. Do you find similarities between them all? If so, what is it? Yeah. So often it is. Um, so I've worked with like lots of people in the past. Like so before I joined up as well, I was qualified. Um, and then through your training and all of that, you see these like traits. And often around competitors, um, athletes, you know, bodybuilders, all these different kind of striving people, personalities, there's often that sense of perfectionism in, in their kind of personality makeup. And that's to strive to be the best, not necessarily for validation, but it's kind of self-driven. And it can serve people really well, but it can also be quite detrimental because a lot of people don't know when to stop. So and that can burn out. Yeah, so how, what, how would you advise people generally, um, I guess, to keep that, I hate that word, but balance, like how do you, yeah. as a competitor, where you have the, you have to have, I got, too fair, I don't think you have to have those traits when you first start out because you can learn it. Um, yes. But how do you strike that equilibrium? Is that the right word? We'll roll with it. How do you strike that balance between, you know, those two? Especially when you go into post show and the off mm. because you see, I think I personally think that you see people very, feeling very conflicted, um, yeah. not knowing whether they can relax inverted commas. You know, there's all these terminologies that I think sometimes can make people feel quite anxious um and not feel like they're doing amazing or not doing well when actually their post-show and off-season is going amazing but because they're still striving i guess um to be perfect i don't know i feel like you, you try and keep like prep and off-season very similar from like the mindset point of view but it's very very difficult when you've got the conflicting as well like what's yeah on that and how do you i guess how do you personally na navigate that and how would you advise people to navigate it as well so i suppose you know for me it's kind of about just looking back at what you have done and yeah like so for example for me this weekend ukdfba finals and pca finals the weekend before that no top placing and of course that's that's tough because you know you you compete to to do well and bring your best but at the same time it's okay to feel that but then if you just allow that to continue you know it's all right to be a bit good or it's all right to think ah oh, well yeah that's that hurts a little bit or it stings a little bit you know we've all not placed and it doesn't feel great but you can choose to perpetuate your mood and let that stay that way by just being oh I must have been this or it must be that or I'm not good enough you know but then just looking at it from a different perspective and my my hubby um my hubby's competed once um and hated it <laughs> we prepped together he hated it I love it but he's always that one who kind of can say 
you know, we'll actually look at the positives and look at what you have achieved or, you know, look at your pictures, you know, you like this or did you like that? It's just looking at the positives for me and kind of being, you know what, I put myself through that. I achieved what I set out to do and that is a nice big tick for me. Um, and it's just being able to, to look at the positives and allow yourself to feel achieved for that and accomplished for that and just sit with it. Mm. Often lots of people um, only look at the, the negative and that will then attract a negative emotion that will then attract a negative behavior and you can see where that cycle can continue, especially post-show with things like binge eating um, and then just becoming kind of more self-critical, beat yourself up more, further low mood and then that behavior comes again, you know, well, what's the point? I may as well just sabotage everything, not train, eat all this crap, and then fall out of love with the process that you've always loved and lose that. Yeah. So it can be tough, really tough. So your off season, you said you've only had one off season. Um, how was that for you personally? And do you think you'll you'll change anything going into your next off season from not from like the training or like the um, nutrition, but more like from a mindset? <clears throat> sort of mm. how do you think you're going to change that considering like the, the knowledge that you have as well so I've had um one year away from stage like full yeah without any prep um in my mindset that year was kind of just like let's just get some balance do what you kind of enjoy which is training um and that, yeah, I just kind of took a, a, a step away from being lean and kind of putting my value into that. Because as females, like, you know, the fitness industry, all the photos you see on Instagram, it's kind of hard to, be, to not be disillusioned with that. Um, so my focus in the off-season is just on performance, really um and re-establishing like some relationships and that just brings about like a sense of calm for me and just allows me to kind of enjoy the process a little bit more yeah i know what you mean oh my brain's gone i've lost a train of thought i had such a good question i had such <laughs> a good question right now oh my god i hate it when this happens oh my god okay so Oh my god, my brain's gone. My brain <laughs> has gone now. Oh, what did you just say? Well, like, remind me, maybe it will like spark it. Off season. <laughs> oh, I had one one long off season, and then this this off season. So I'm not planning to step on stage for the foreseeable future. Um, so for me, that feels, I felt a little bit kind of, after that plan to get on stage, how driven you are, to then not have that goal, is um, it feels a bit strange because obviously you know what it's like in prep. It's just like absolute super focus. Um, so not having that for the next 
couple of years perhaps is is kind of given me a sense of well what what do I do now <laughs> yeah so you yeah your prep is pretty much yes you can have everything's going on but the priority always has to be that prep and because you do it for such a long period of time that becomes the norm in your head like yeah. the norm is to think of prep all the time the norm is just to do prep and think like prep so like how it is what sort of things do you think you're going to do, I guess, to, is, is that, I guess, kind of dealing with that change in your head? Because that's quite hard. Like, neurological pathways, once they're created, it's very, very hard to kind of do yeah. how strong they are. Um, yeah. So what sort of things would you advise of competitors and do you think you're going to do yourself? Um, I guess it, like, you can still be prep. Like, you can always have prep in the back of your head to some extent, to some extent. Like when you're training, you want to make improvements. Um, but I know people can feel like a massive like dip in terms of their mood and how they feel. Um, so what sort of mm -hmm. advice do you have for that? Yeah, like find something that brings about like a sense of pleasure or a sense of achievement. And it doesn't have to be, you know, smashing it in the gym. It might be learning a new skill or a new hobby. Um, or doing something nice for someone like you know planning something with a friend or with a family member and just saying do you know what when I was in prep I couldn't go for that coffee and cake do you want to go and do that now um and not a black coffee with sweetener you know like that dirty latte or something <laughs> and, you know what I mean yeah um something that just brings about a sense of pleasure whether that's social or just doing something nice for someone um and for yourself it's just about being kind to yourself as competitors you know we're always looking at ourselves and critiquing ourselves that's not good enough I need to improve that and sometimes just being kind is is, is enough really to keep you in a more positive mindset mm. um and for me I suppose I like to do something new that's not necessarily, you know, physique related. Um, so my first long off season, I got into powerlifting and did a little competition, which was pretty cool. Um, and I still do that actually. So that's kind of where I shift into a little bit of performance and that makes me feel better. So it's not physique related, but it's something that you can be more objective with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the subjectivity, like you can't escape with bodybuilding, but you know, we'd all be lying if we said it isn't it isn't a hard one to crack. Yeah. I guess to deal with as well mentally when you first go into it. It can be very, very difficult. But like even with, you know, UK GFBA, you could hear like just people around me, everyone had different opinions. Literally everyone had different opinions. And yeah. Yeah. It's a hard I think it is a hard one to process when you first start out. Like mm -hmm. do you think so another question coming in my head. Do you think you can prep without having that perfectionist mindset? Um, yes, definitely. Um, you don't have to be a perfectionist. I think most competitors have that though. But it's like you say, you can learn it. You can learn how to be perfect if that makes sense in in prep um 
but you can also learn the bad parts of that because not everyone's perfect all of the time. And it's just accepting, I suppose, that that's okay, really. You don't have to be perfect in, in life, but it's conflicting because you have to be perfect in a bodybuilding prep. Like, yeah, that, can it not? <laughs> that's what I was asking you because it's, it's such... You, you do find yourself sometimes like go, you flit. I feel I feel myself when I'm crapping, even in off season sometimes. I feel like I'm flitting. Um, yeah, like I'm doing that. Oh, but is it perfect? Oh, but am I being a confessor doing that? Oh, I don't know. And even yeah. when I go into prep, um, I for me being the perfectionist king in the past caused causing me quite a lot of anxiety, and I it it kind of makes me feel a bit of a downer, um, especially mm-hmm. when I first stepped into competing. I just thought, oh, I haven't known that. Oh, I haven't known that. Because you just, you, at that point, you're still learning. Um, mm. And I think you're scared to make the mistake, any mistakes. You just think, oh, that's not, that's not the capacity way of thinking about things. Whereas even mm. still that, like my last prep last year, when I first, maybe my husband would disagree, like, I personally don't see myself very much as like a perfectionist person, like naturally, not naturally, but like, I wasn't brought up like that. Whereas I think when I first... Like with off season, I do tend to be a bit more like relaxed and try not to put too much pressure on myself in that in that sort of um, regard. Just because I know it doesn't serve me, it might serve someone else, but it personally doesn't serve. So when I first got into my preps, so I have to slowly ease myself in. And yes, I will hit things pretty much bang on, but I will allow myself to kind of not be perfect. Or if I have had a busy day, do you know what I mean? It's not it's not being hard on myself. And I find for myself, longevity wise, that serves me a lot better. Especially like for example, I'm probably I'm probably like maybe five, six pounds above my off season weight than I was last year, yeah. But being completely honest, at the beginning I found that hard to process and be like, that's not the perfect way. Like even last year, I remember getting comments yeah. last year, you know, I was too big in my off season. So I was like, Oh my god. But that's personally how I deal with it because I know for a fact that not every single person can be a perfectionist yeah and sometimes as much as that's meant to be a good thing it, it can serve people the other way especially on the other end as well because then they try and like push towards being that person and actually it's okay like it's okay if you want to hit things in my opinion anyway like mm-hmm. you might disagree but i personally think it's okay if you want to put a dash of milk in your freaking tea and not track it like that's just my <laughs> opinion. you know what i mean like i'm not that yeah. just before we get on this podcast i had a freaking coffee with milk no fucks given. I'm just like, well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, it, I guess it depends on like what you decide to focus on. Like obviously the main yeah. is the nail, but sometimes if focusing on all the nitty gritty things are causing you so much stress and anxiety, is it worth trying to have that same perfectionist mindset when actually when you focus, if you focus on those bigger things, do you see what I'm coming from? You've hit the nail on the head there really, because you're absolutely right. Like, it's about flitting when it's appropriate. So like you say, in prep, when you're prepping to get to stage, yeah, you would either track the milk or not. But if you go into an off season with that same diligence, that same execution, I have to be perfect, I have to do this, then you're going to set yourself up for anxiety, burnout, and eventually, you know, absolute fatigue where you just think, fuck it, what's the point? If I can't be the perfect everything then and that can lead into sabotage but it is just about being able to recognize it as well like you say like in the off season when I have a dash of milk like fuck it it's not gonna harm is that being kind to yourself yeah that's that kind of compassion 
you know, so I, I want coffee without milk. I hate coffee without milk. It's like, <laughs> Why are we it? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's it's not even worth it in my head. I'm like, nah. Like, if I'm still the compact it, I may insert with the black coffee here. <laughs> <laughs> but again, when I go into <laughs> prep, when I go into prep, I have to. It sounds really silly to take this example, but I have to teach myself to like black coffee. Mm. Which sounds really weird, but that's just one example of you could learn to like certain things. Like, I think if you're going into a prep for the first time, or even going in again, um, like it's okay not like not to have all the t- like all the tools or skills in your box to start off with, and yeah. that's fine. That doesn't mean like your pants or you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. It just means you've got stuff to work like to work towards. Like me liking black coffee when I'm like two weeks out from prep. I'm just like, no, I like this. No, I like this. But yeah, that's just like a new example of my head. Yeah, I've been like, I think it's eight weeks out. And <laughs> I said to my coach, like, I'm still having milk in my coffee. And he goes, yeah, you need to take that out now. I was like, huh, right. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's But is it green top or red top? Oh, red. Is yeah, it, yeah. That's like that's just like water. <laughs> it is, but it's, I always think like his beg is hard to choose, isn't that situation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Bit> red top. <laughs> it's like it's fine. It's fine. I've not had blue top milk in so long. Just thinking about that. Last time was Christmas. Oh yeah, with some granola. That is the one. Granola is the one. I love it. <laughs> and- <laughs> so, what are your plans? Obviously, you've just come out very like that you've come out with your last show mm-hmm. in terms of like the post-show sort of like experience for you this time in comparison to last time um yeah like how are you to be honest like how are things i've done it all i've done the come off stage and eat yourself into a whole kind of situation um I've came away from stage and you know gone into an off season where I've slowly reversed um I've had the good and the bad experiences really I think one big thing that did change for me was learning um flexible dieting a few years ago so when I first prepped I did the meal plan and I just found that because I was so restricted I just wanted to eat the world yeah um and gained quite a lot of fat back actually after my first season Mm -hmm. um and then had a long time dieting it off but the last few, the last couple of years I've done, um, coming away just because I've been flexible. Like if I've wanted the milk in my coffee, I've had a bit of milk in my coffee. Um, or if I've wanted a bit of granola on oats, I've tracked that in. That's been a huge like shift. I know a lot of people are into the flexible diet and approach now, but that's definitely helped me. Um, and in the past, I've just been able to kind of manage that fat regain a little bit better as a result of that i mean don't get us wrong like when i came off stage at the weekend you know i had that brownie and i had that that burger but then that's it like flexible dieting for me just keeps us if i want something i can have it i don't have to i've binged in the past well not necessarily binged but you know over eight to Mm. a point where i felt sick i thought i have to get back on a meal plan tomorrow um but the last three years i've come away from stage have a a meal and just think yeah that's fine done next please next day (laughs) but on the flip side gonna challenge you here with flexible dieting do you find that sometimes that still 
I guess it still encourages that like that perfectionism because then you're chasing like that macro in comparison to chasing the meal plan. Like if you're trying to like over, like, I like I found this in the past sometimes, not always, but if I'm kind of running low on macros, I start to kind of overthink. I'm like, right, so I can't have this, and it's like I literally feel like I'm trying to create like an equation in my head, which can. Oh can be quite stressful sometimes for some people and I know I'm not the only one um not speaking on myself there so like how do you navigate that situation because even though flexible dieting is great and I have done mm. it as well it still sometimes has those similar I guess sort of elements of perfectionism yeah. that you have to kind of mentally deal with as well like how do you go about that personally so in prep um if I am tracking macros it's to a T and often as bikini girls or any competitor your macros get pretty fucking low so to the end of prep i am kind of on a meal plan but it's just kind of what i want like there's no room for you know there's no room for the flexible like treats quote unquote um but and you're right, like trying to make that happen. I've been there and I've done that. I've tried to fit in like extravagant bowls of oats into like, you know, 20 grams of carbs, 20 protein and like 10 fat. You know, it's, it's hard to do and it is stressful. So I find in prep, I'm just like, it's clean macro tracking. But then coming into an off season, that's the time for me to be a bit more flexible. And if I'm 10 grams over or 10 grams under, I'm not really bothered. Mm. But I do find you lose a bit of touch with your, your hunger signals if you're going off numbers rather than if you don't know what's in your food and it's satisfying, you might be 50 grams under, 50 grams over. Mm. So have you ever done like untracked days at all when you're in your off seasons? Um, I'm a stickler for the, and this is the perfectionist in me, for my little log on my fitness pal, you've yeah. logged in for you know however many days. I'm like log in today and make sure you keep your streak going. I'm like, oh fuck, I really want you know I want an extra tally on that. What what's your streak at the moment? Um, do you know what? Because I didn't log in on show day, I think it was. I've lost it, but I think it was at like three hundred and sixty-seven. I know. Oh, that's me- that's like a whole yeah, a whole year pretty much. Jeez. Which meant that I must have logged in on Christmas Day. Yeah, but, but I do- even if you just add like one thing, it tracks it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I do 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 um <laughs> untracked days um at like family events and things like that. So even though I'll have like an idea of what I mean and like hitting protein and stuff. Um yeah i've got no no dramas with just kind of being intuitive that's good it's good that you can kind of i guess have like all the tools in you in your toolbox and be able to kind of like play them out as and when um yeah. i do think for any competitor listening if you're if you've only just done meal plan then try a flexible dieting if you only just try a flexible dieting try a meal plan because you never know in my in my personal experience you never know when that's gonna serve you better like there's yeah. times like when I'm so mega busy, I just need a meal plan. Like I just need to know, like just give me a rough plan and I'll just like work that one out. Um, and then I just have days and I'm like, no, nope, I'm completely unchecking. 
yeah, I'm being completely mindful and that's it, crack on. And the next moment, yeah. I'm like, right, I need to get back into like a sort of like calorie maintenance or deficit or whatever it is, but I need to start being a bit more like I fancy, I don't just want to stick to a meal plan. I, I kind of, it's, I think it's important as a competitor to have all those tools. Yes, if it doesn't go 100% one day, learn from it move on but i think from my experience understanding how to do a meal plan um understanding how to do flexible dieting and understanding when to do mindful eating intuitive eating and when that is best for me i personally think is why i'm still in this industry if i hadn't have cracked that i personally wouldn't don't think i would still be here um because yeah. that's, you know what i mean like food is a big part of your it's a big part of our of our days let's be honest um, um, i think if you haven't got that relationship there i think you are going to struggle both competing and not competing as well so yeah and you do see that this in in some people who've got that poor relationship with food and perhaps come from like that eating disordered background sometimes that the industry is aware of making that okay to kind of restrict and live in that kind of you know non-flexible way so you do often see that. And again, it's just about recognizing that sometimes, especially with my, in my job, you know, I do see that. Um, but being able to have that meal plan when it's appropriate and the flexible days when it's appropriate and that intuitive mindfulness eating, like they're all things, if, if you've got that in your bag as a competitor, then you're laughing really. Yeah, pretty much. And I think it's, it is going to help you longevity wise both when you're if you ever decide to not compete again and then obviously when you do as well so no definitely so mm-hmm. i know that we're nearly close to time so obviously you know how this ending goes but we already know about your job <laughs> so laura what makes you not just bikini girl aside from everything else that you've mentioned um i suppose for me i'm i'm quite a, a caring person um, which is why I'm in the job that I am and being able to just help other people um, in the industry, in my job, in competing, in everything that I do makes me not just a bikini girl, I suppose. Apart from work though and apart from competing, what else? Um, being in the military is a is a is a big part of that so that my job within the military is obviously being a nurse but being in the military kind of gives me like a different perspective on things um and i know how to shoot a gun <laughs> that what that is mad yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you, did you have to learn that with your job yeah you have to learn how to um be a soldier essentially so I remember watching some documentary about, um, oh, what's it called? The like top, top, top elite of like the military. Um, Special Forces. I don't know if it was that one. There was like a documentary on ITV where like they had to go through like this crazy like process. Um, I think you probably know what I mean. But yeah, that just reminds me of that. Like that, the mindset like the- they have to have, like, they have to, they have to, yeah. they have to have the mindset to kill. Like that's incredible. Yeah. So you do have to go through that. Um, but now once I'm kind of out, that conflicts with me as, as being a caring person, but I did have the best shot on uh, basic training. So this bikini girl can 
can shoot a rifle pretty damn accurately. <laughs> Mad. I'd love to go to go to like a shooting range or something. Because imagine like the power of it, just like <laughs> mega. But no, I love that. <laughs> set it up at the next compact event <laughs> you imagine it's like at the six on the 16th of november we have got a shooting range sponsored by laura foster <laughs> that would be hilarious oh, i should really do something like that at some point though just something completely random in the room it's like yeah. big girls crack on <laughs> but honestly thank you so so much for coming on babe i hope you've enjoyed it thank, thank you for being patient with this bloody laptop situation, girls, any laptop request, please holler because I'm getting <laughs> my laptop. I'm literally on my husband's right now. Um, but yeah, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Make sure you do leave a review and subscribe. Um, I'm going to leave Laura Foster's details um, in the episode as well. So make sure you do go and connect with her. And um, yeah, thank you so much, babe. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It was lush to talk to you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Always welcome back on as well. Um, but yeah, this has been your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and this has been the Not Just Bikini Girl podcast with Laura Foster. <laughs>